that you were here with us. I love that song. I know uh, we've talked about the idea of whispering hope as soft as the voice of an angel. I know Kirk has mentioned that, you know, whenever angels appeared, there was hardly soft speaking because usually people were afraid and they had to say, don't be afraid, don't fear. But, um, but the idea of hope is a peaceful thing. It's something that uh, is very precious to us as Christians. And so the, the song, the idea of the song, I think, is just about whispering hope. And especially the third verse. I forgot to tell Hugh to make sure he sings the third verse, but he did it today. But that third verse speaks of Christ as our hope. And there are other songs, and uh, Hugh picked out some good ones today, especially My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. Uh, I could have titled the song The Solid, or the, the Sermon The Solid Rock. But uh, anyway, all these songs about hope really give us an idea of what we're, we're talking about today. Jesus is our hope. He is our source of hope. He is our hope. Even before Christ was born of a virgin, we had hope that was whispered to us. In God's plan and promise. Look at Titus chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. And how Paul begins that letter to him. Paul, a bond servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. According to the faith of God's elect. And the acknowledgement of the truth. Which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life. Which God who cannot lie. Promised before time began, but has in due time manifested His Word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Titus, a true son in our common faith, and he goes on from there with his letter. But in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. God promised. He gave hope even before time began, He had a plan in place. And we can trust this promise because God cannot lie. This hope is manifest in the preaching of the gospel, which has been accomplished in His time. Today, today we know the truth of the gospel. That Jesus died for our salvation and that God's plan is ultimately manifest. It is ultimately revealed in Him, in Christ. And we also learn what this hope is. It is the hope of eternal life. A hope that is provided in salvation and in God's plan for salvation. And so, with that in mind, we get into the focus of our lesson today. The hope that we are blessed with through Christ, the Son of God. He is our hope. We are looking at things that, that Christ is and what He means to me. Last week, He is my everything. He is my all. Today, He is my hope. We have the hope of salvation from our sins. 
hope of eternal life with God, but none of these come without Christ. So today we're going to look at the different ways that Christ is our hope. Hope in Christ. Hope in Christ. We have hope throughout the life of Christ. We have hope in His birth, in His coming to earth, in the way that He did. I want you to look at first at God's promise to Mary. God's promise to Mary. In Luke chapter 1, Luke 1, beginning with verse 26, verses 26 through 33 of Luke 1. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Let's also notice God's promise to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew 1, beginning with verse 18. Matthew 1, verses 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. God promised that his son would be king over Israel. And not just Israel as in the sense of 
of the tribe of Israel, the, the people of Israel, the, the people that we read about in the Old Testament. But he would be the king of spiritual Israel, which is a representation of God's people overall. Even Gentiles, even those who were not Jews, were able to be God's people. They were able to be spiritual Israel through the sacrifice of Christ, which we'll get into in a moment. He would be king over spiritual Israel. He would bring peace and salvation, reconciling those who believe and obey unto God. Hope was given to the lost in Christ Jesus coming to earth. Even in such a humble way as he did, as we know from Scripture, been a great deal to all of God's people throughout time, past, present, and even future. We find hope in his birth, but not just his birth, but also his life. Hope is revealed through Jesus. He came proclaiming God's promise to be fulfilled in Himself. He didn't hide that, although there were many that didn't believe Him. But look in Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. Luke 4, verses 16 through 22. So He came to Nazareth, where He had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Is this not the one that, that we have seen grow up? His own people rejected him. But he tried to tell them who he was. Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He gave hope in his preaching. He gave hope to his disciples, preparing them for his coming absence from their physical presence. He knew what was coming. He knew that he would be sacrificed. He knew that he was going to the cross. And in preparing them for what was to come, he says in John 14, verses 1 through 4, John 14, beginning with verse 1, 
Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. He promised his resurrection in John 2 verses 18 through 21. John 2 verse 18. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. There was hope in his resurrection. There is hope in his purpose. His purpose for coming to earth was preparation. In Matthew 16, verses 17 and 18, Matthew 16, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, the rock of your faith, the rock of your confession, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. His purpose, the purpose of His coming was to establish His church. And He would do so through His death, burial, and resurrection. And His apostles were to go about preaching the kingdom. There is hope in the establishment of the church and its existence as we know it today. There's hope in His death on the cross. Hope in His death on the cross. In Romans 5, beginning with verse 6. Romans 5, verses 6 through 11. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Christ died for the ungodly. 
And having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. There is hope in His death. Let's go back a little bit in Romans 4. Look at verse 25. Who, has delivered up, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Back up a little further to Romans 3, verses 23 through 26. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because in His forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Justification. Reconciliation. The way that we come to God is through Christ and only through Him. Through His blood. Through the blood that He shed on the cross for our sins. Through His sacrifice. The sacrifice of a perfect, without blemish sacrifice. Made for us. But why would Jesus die? Why would Jesus die? I think the best answer that we can find in Scripture is in a passage that we know very well. John 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through Him that the world through Him might be saved. God's love. God's love is what led Jesus to the cross. Christ's love for us equally as much. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Our hope is in Jesus. Colossians 1 verses 19 through 23. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell. And by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him whether things on earth or things in heaven. Having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel 
which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Jesus came to reconcile all things to himself. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. So that we might remain steadfast and grounded in our faith. That we are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which has been preached. There's hope in Christ. And there's hope in Christ's sacrifice. Hope and salvation from sin. No matter our sins, no matter how serious they may be, in God's sight or in our own eyes, there is hope and salvation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9, there's a list that is given of some of the worst sins that can be committed by man. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. That is true. But those who continue in these sins, they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But there's hope found in verse 11. And such were, not such are, such were and such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. These things you were, but now you're a child of God. Now you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified through the blood of Christ. There's hope in salvation. And salvation is available to all, no matter the sins you may have committed, no matter how deep or how great, no matter how many. Such were some of you. The things of our past do not have to define us in our present and in our future. There is hope in our obedience. Acts 2, verses 37 through 39, Peter comes to sort of a conclusion in his sermon. He brings them to the point of Christ. And when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? The Jews are asking this question, What shall we do? And Peter said in verse 38, Repent. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God 
will call. Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It is the same command that is given to the eunuch in Acts chapter 8. The same command that is given to Paul in Acts chapter 9. The same command that is given to the Philippian jailer in Acts 16 and so many others throughout the book of Acts. Told be baptized for the remission of their sins. Faith leading them to obedience. Confession of faith. Repentance. Change of life. Change of heart. Change of mind. Baptism for the remission of your sins. And the same command that is given to all of these in the New Testament. That they might become Christians. That they might be saved. That they might come in contact with the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. And how ironic is it that the blood of Christ, blood which runs red, that stains so deeply, it is blood that cleanses us from our sins. It's in God's perfect plan. But the same command that is given to all of these that they might be saved is the same command that is given to us that we too might be saved. Hope. Hope. There is hope in Christ. Hope in His birth. Hope revealed in His life and ministry. Hope that is provided in His death burial, and resurrection from the dead. There's hope in His sacrifice for us. There is hope in salvation, remission, forgiveness of our sins. There is great, great hope. And we understand that it is through Christ that hope is given to all who desire to be saved. Colossians 1 verses 27 and 28. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. It's Him that we preach today so that we might provide hope in a world that is otherwise void of it. A world that is in darkness. A world that is lost. We provide hope when we preach Christ and Him crucified. It's a wonderful hope that we have as Christians. But it is a hope that is only enjoyed by Christians. 
See, if you stand outside of Christ, if you've not obeyed the gospel plan of salvation, if you've never been baptized for the remission of your sins, and it is important that you're baptized in the right way and for the right reason, if you've never obeyed the gospel, if you've never put Christ on in baptism, then this hope is not yours. If you've wandered away, if you've not remained faithful, if you need to come back, this hope is also not yours, but it can be. And so, we offer the Lord's invitation. If you stand outside of Christ today, if there's something that we can do to help you, if you need to obey the gospel, if you need to be baptized, if you need to come back, if you need to ask for prayer, if there's some way that we can assist you, we want to do so. As together we stand and as we sing.